Welcome to Sermons by Brad Tuttle. We are so glad you decided to join us today. We know you're going to be encouraged, inspired, and challenged by this powerful sermon. there's nothing greater that we can do than pray. Prayer is it. Prayer, it ha- the prayer has to be the foundation. So here's what I'm going to do. I put some slides up here of some very convicting quotes of a gentleman who, when I get into, let's say, a book like this, it's one of those books, and I, I used to carry this in my back pocket of my Wrangler jeans when I first got saved. And uh, I'm going to go back there to that site. Now I have the fancy ones with stitching on the back. But I used to carry this in my back pocket, and I would literally, throughout the day, I would pull this little paperback book out. I wish I had my original one, and I would read it, and it it convicted me that I wasn't praying enough. And it's what challenged me to a prayer life. And it's almost like on one page, there's so many things. He's, he's He's known, he left a legacy when he died. He left a legacy of books on prayer that have probably challenged pe- time, uh, person after person when they've read them about how they need to pray more. And we want all these things to happen in our lives. We want to be healed. Right? We want God to do something in our life, but we don't pray. We want God to move in my life, but I don't pray. I'm not talking about surface-level prayers here. We're talking about deep, intense Deep, intense, fervent prayer. If you want things to happen in your life, God's calling us to a deeper life in prayer. There's a a time here now that we've got to step. You all with me? Sometimes when you even talk about prayer, people disconnect because they don't pray. We've got to understand what this means. If we want God to move in our life, it's not a prayer over our meal. It's not a five-minute prayer. It's not 10 minutes every week. It's not 30 minutes in the week. I'm talking about prayer daily, sacrificing our time, giving up our morning, giving up time that we would do something else, getting off Facebook, spending time in prayer, and watching God move, and watching God meet those needs. It's prayer. We pray to move God. So let me... I didn't want to just read them. I wanted to put them on a screen and read some of them to you so you could see them and we could read them together. First of all, Isaiah 56, 7 says, Even those I will bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices will be acceptable on my altar for my house will be called a house of prayer for all peoples. The church is a place of prayer. It's a place of prayer. It's not a liturgical prayer that we all read out of a bulletin together. It is a prayer. And men of God and women of God, we've got to learn how to pray again. Can somebody say amen? We don't pray. None of us in this room pray enough. And we want things to happen. We want families to change. We want our marriages to change. We want some people have wayward children. You want them to come back. We need to pray. We need to pray. We need to pray. Amen. Matthew 21, 13, he said to them, it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer. 
And when the devil's been kicking you around long enough, it's time to start kicking him back. And we do that by praying. We do that by spending time in prayer. Ian Bounds wrote this, What the church needs today is not more machinery or better, not new organizations or more in novel methods, but men whom the Holy Ghost can use, men of prayer, men mighty in prayer. The Holy Ghost does not flow through methods, but through men. He does not come on machinery, but on men. He does not anoint plans, but men, men of prayer. I have not prayed enough. I've not prayed enough. I've not prayed enough to push us forward. I feel guilty about that. I feel a little convicted of that because I pray. I mean, to me, 30 minutes of prayer in the morning, to me, is not praying enough. If I'm not praying an hour in the morning, I'm talking for me, an hour of isolated time with the Lord, then I'm just now stepping into where I need to be. Because I really want, listen, I want God to do everything in my life that I could ever imagine. I want to pull every resource and everything that's available for me in the heavenly places down into my life, and I will do that through prayer and asking it of my Father. We just don't do it enough. I tried to challenge everybody 15 minutes a day. 15 minutes a day is great. It's a great place to start, but it's, we've got to up it. He's talking, you're going to hear, see these quotes. It's about intense. These are men who pray three, four hours every morning. Great moves of God in history have happened because people have prayed. And I believe God's calling this church somewhere new. We're moving into a new transition, and it's going to be birthed in prayer. Amen. Men and women are needed whose prayers will give to the world the utmost power of God, who will make his promises to blossom with rich and full results. And God is waiting to hear us and challenges us to bring him to do this thing by our praying. We pray this in. Somebody says, why didn't God just do it? Because God operates through our prayers. And when we pray and when we ask and when we knock, and we really knock, the men who are most effective at knocking are going to be the men who see the most in their lives of God doing things. You all with me? If this isn't touching you or moving you or speaking to you or convicting you, okay, i got to not do that anymore. Okay, we got to live. we got to live holy. we got to just do it. And, but anyway, we got to let, our lives be changed because of the way we pray. Our praying needs to be pressed and pursued with an energy that never tires, a persistency which will not be denied, and a courage that never fails. Do we pray like that? A courage that never fails. Spiritual work. Here's the thing. There's a key to all of it. Spiritual work is taxing work, and men are loath to do it. They don't want to do it. Praying, true praying, costs an outlay of serious attention and of time which flesh and blood do not relish. Let me tell you something your flesh doesn't want to do. Your flesh does not want to get up and pray. How many have ever struggled? You know you need to pray. You want great results, but you just don't do it. Raise your hands. Because your flesh gets in the way. And even when you start praying, I remember I, when I first started going to church, at, and it was a Pentecostal church, they'd talk about the brass ceiling. And there was a bra- they'd like the prayers hit that brass ceiling and come back down. It don't seem like they're going anywhere. And people quit. 
That's why when we started the prayer meeting, when I first got, started going to church and my testimony of continuing to go and 80 people started and it ended up with one person and that was me because prayer is not easy. Pushing into God in prayer is taxing work. Sometimes it's a struggle because the enemy does not want you to get results. He does not want you to get into the Father like you want to, like you're able to, and we don't push through. Used to be the thing we used to talk about. You got to, what was the old phrase they'd use when people were pressing? Um, pray it through. We got to pray it through. We got to pray it through. We got to pray these things through. And we got to have the courage and stamina to do it. Can somebody say amen? Because are you all with me today? And vitally important. It says, he who fritters away the early morning, it's opportunity and freshness in other pursuits than seeking God will make poor headway seeking him the rest of the day. If God is not first in our thoughts and efforts in the morning, he will be in the last place the remainder of the day. This is coming from a man of God who understands prayer. And if you wait till the end of the night to do your prayer time, you will never do it. There's something, there's a reason why David talked about praying early in the morning. There's a reason why Jesus went off early in the morning. Because it's an alone time that we need and a time we need to get with God when things can be still. But I'll tell you one thing that hinders people's prayer life is this thing right here. Whether it's a phone, whether it's a computer, or whether it's an iPad, because on these instruments is social media. And I've been guilty of it where I want to see how many people have looked at our video. So you go there, then you end up checking on your email, then you end up checking on the things you got in your cart that you want to buy, and you end up checking, is there a sale? And then you go here, and by the time you know it, you spent 30 minutes of time you could have been with God looking at something that means absolutely nothing. And we waste our lives, and we want God to do something. How many of y'all want God to do something? You need God to do something in your life. We don't pray enough. Do you feel like you're praying enough to get that done? I don't. We need to be praying. We're going to see a great and mighty move of God in this place. Somebody say amen to that. And we're going to see it because we've not gotten smarter or, me, or, or, or more theologically deep. Those are all good things, but it's because we've pressed in to prayer. So it says, prayer is no petty duty put into a corner, no piecemeal performance made out of the fragments of time which have been snatched from business and other engagements of life. But it means that the best of our time, the heart of our time and strength must be given. Look at it really good. It's not just snatching a little bit of a few minutes out of your work day. Well, I'll go in the bathroom or I'll get in or I'll spend time with God and you know, here and there. It's about it's about isolated, intense. The Bible says, doesn't it say something, I think, in the book of James about fervent prayers? The fervent prayers of a right who, how many righteous men do we have in here? You should just immediately raise your hand. Because if you're saved, you're righteous. How many righteous men do we have in here? Don't be all humble and go, I'm, I'm not that good. You are in Christ. You are a born-again, justified man of God, standing before God the Father, robed in righteousness no matter how you feel about yourself. How many righteous men of God do I have in here? How many righteous women of God do I have in here? But guess what? 
the fervent prayers of a righteous man. And it's not just limited to men. Men, women. Those prayers avail much. When's the last time you really prayed? Hot prayers. I mean, prayers that brought you to a place where you were on, you couldn't even sit in the chair, you had to lay on the ground. When's the last time you prayed so fervently that tears just soaked the floor, soaked your shirt, soaked your hanky, whatever, because you were, there was just such a place of pressing into the things of God. That's where we need to get to. And that's what's going to cause these things that God has prophetically given to us to come to pass. That's what's going to cause the things that we're going to move into this year. That's what's going to cause them to have that powerful edge is our prayer lives. And not just individually, but as a corporate body. Few Christians have anything but a vague idea of the power of prayer. Fewer still have any experience of that power. The church seems almost unholy aware of the power God puts into their hand. This spiritual carte blanche on the infinite resources of God's wisdom and power is rarely, if ever, used. Never used to the full measure of honoring God. God's given you carte blanche into everything He has available to you, and we waste it by never going to the Father and fervently asking. I say it again. We want God to move in our lives, whether it's a physical healing, an emotional healing, children, marriage, family, whatever it is. I believe I'm being unctioned to talk about this because the Spirit's trying to push you to a place where you need to be and you now need to be obedient to this. And He's not just telling it to you, He's telling it to me. You know, and I'll be very frankly honest, be very transparent, as I believe I am. I stepped into it already this week, but then I have to leave. I have to be at the airport at five o'clock in the morning tomorrow, and then I'm not coming home till late Friday night. And guess what? I'm going to be so busy. It's going to be so hard to find any time in prayer because I got a room with somebody, and I got to get up, and we got to be probably on post at eight o'clock in the morning or whatever. But you know what? I can't use it as an excuse. And as tired as I'm going to be, do I have to pray? I've got to pray. It's only when the whole heart is gripped with the passion of prayer that the life-giving fire descends. For none but the earnest man gets access to the ear of God. I want God's ear. I want God's ear. And I'm not going to get it by living a frivolous life. I'm not going to get it by putting Facebook and Instagram and all those things before my time with God. I'm not going to get God's ear. Have you got God's ear yet? Are you seeking to get the ear of God? Prayer is God's plan to supply man's great and continuous need with God's great and continuous abundance. And these are not flowery statements. This is just what had happened. This is, this is what is involved in prayer. There is so much available. To, there is so much available to all of you. And although it's there, we're not gripping and grabbing into it. We're not getting there. And I've, I have a place where I pray in the house. And I go upstairs in the guest room. And I found myself this year just kind of staying in the living room because I thought, well, you know, if Dolly gets up, I want to be out here when she gets up. And, 
she likes to come out and sit on the couch with me and I just sit out here and then when you're out here you know it's just but I said okay I can't I got to get to where I need to be where I need to be and it's and as simple as it sounds and as silly as it may sound to you I need to go upstairs and I need to get into a place that's isolated from me in my prayer closet, and I need to pray. We want our businesses to be blessed. We want God to open up doors for business things we're involved in, but are you praying about it? Really praying about it. Amen? We're going to pray here in a minute. Prayer must be a flame. It's ardor and consume must consume. Prayer without fervor is as a sun without light or heat or as a flower without beauty or fragrance. A soul devoted to God is a fervent soul and prayer is the creature of that flame. He can only truly pray who was all aglow for holiness for God and for heaven. I, I felt like I needed to put several of these on here to challenge us. And lastly, I stop with this one. All true revivals have been born in prayer. I'm not talking about the revivals we talked about when I grew up in church, not grew up in church, when I got saved at 27 and started going to church, where every weekend there was a revival. A revival meaning, that's not revival. Revival is the Welsh revival, Sousa Street, Scottish revival. I'm talking about revivals that change cities, crime stops, police wear white gloves, the bars shut down. True, it's happened. Welsh revival, the police wore white gloves. There was no more crime. All the bars shut down. You know how it started? One man got a heart for lost souls. And he started praying. It's not about a famous name. It's not about the big name guy. It's about some guy. All the other revivals the same way. Some man and or woman started praying for souls. And they prayed. And revival took off because of prayer. And never out of it came a big name. They, man tried to attach a name to it, which, which, which literally ended up being the faltering of the revival because now it got attributed to a man. And God said, I'm not letting any man have credit for this. Revival does not happen in our own lives, in our church, in the nation or in the nations without people praying. It doesn't just happen. And if you're a husband and wife, and I say this with all the conviction in my heart, and I say this even regarding my own marriage, if you're not praying together, you need to start. Husbands, grab your wives. Wives, grab your husband's hand. Say, it's time for us to pray. Have your individual time, but have your prayer time as a couple. And lay, write them down. Pray the things you're believing for. It's okay to ask God for stuff. But that's the whole thing he wants us to ask. So prayer has to be the foundation. Simple bullet points, and then we're going to pray. Some things we need to do participate in this move of God that God is going to do in our church. Somebody say he's going to do this in this church. I believe we're in a new season, man. I believe we're in a new place. First one, just prepare yourself in the way of blessing through intensive prayer. I challenge all of you to step up your prayer life. Go from 15 minutes to 30 minutes. Someone says, I can't do it. We're going to pray here in a few minutes. You'll get some ideas of how to do it.
I can teach you. No, I can't teach you how to do it. Sometimes we just got, I know there's prayer formulas. I got a hold of the Lord's Prayer that somebody had got out on an outline, and I went through that. And Brandon's seen it. I did it for the youth. Um, and there's a way to pray it. And you had to have a format in front of you, an outline. It doesn't tell you what to pray, but there's bullet points to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, there's, I could spend 15 minutes there. Um, your kingdom come, your will be done. Earth is in heaven. I could spend 15 minutes there. Now give us a daily bread. I could easily spend 10 minutes there. Forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Y'all need to spend 15 minutes there. And me too. And, um, and then deliver us from the power of the evil one. I could go all over that one because I hate the devil and I know God's given me power over him. There's an hour. Just in the Lord's prayer, besides even asking for things. So put yourself in a way of blessing through intensive prayer. The other one, be serious about personal revival. I wrote this down. Instead of watching TV, pray. How many of y'all like to veg on TV? You, find, you, you watch TV at night and you relax? Let's watch the TV. Well, what's really relaxing? Your flesh. Because your flesh likes watching secular television. Oh, man, you're preaching holiness now. No, I'm just saying, give up some TV to pray. I'm not telling you what to watch or not watch. That's your own conviction. That's how the Spirit's going to speak to you. You know what to do and what not to do. But we need, instead of watching some TV at night, yeah, you've already prayed in the morning. Maybe as a couple, turn off that television show. Fast that TV show that y'all like to watch so much and pray together. Fast Hawaii Five-0. If you even watch such sinful things, <laughs> fast whatever, fast that show, fast that program, fast whatever, and spend time with God. So be serious about personal revival. Rep- um, and I put repent thoroughly, but confess your sins. Don't, don't tolerate sin in your life this year. Don't tolerate sin in your life this year. Be, have godly sorrow um, over your sin and let it touch you. Let it, let it affect you. I, I'm... Let, let it change you, amen? No more playing with sin. Make restitution whenever possible. Make sure your relationships are right. Fractured families. Need to be mended. Make your relationships right. Live in harmony with one another, it says in Romans 12. Next, choose to narrow your interests. I had a hard time even writing this one down. Choose to narrow your interests. If you narrow your interests, God will enlarge your heart. Narrow your interests. In other words, maybe there's some things you could like cut out a little bit and instead replace that with, how important is this for you to see God move in your life? How important is this to see, for us to see God move in our church? We will never do the things that were prophetically spoken over us with effectiveness. Listen, it's not up to me to go, oh, I think I'm going to do it in February, maybe around the 15th. No, man, God has to tell me when, God has to tell me where, and God has to tell me how. I can do things like, hey, Pastor Todd, can you look for a portable sound system when you're doing research and do things like that and plan that way because, but this time, where, how, that's up to God. So let me say amen. And lastly, make a new commitment to reach out to the lost. Pray and ask God for opportunities. I believe all of this 
has a foundation to it of how we feel about lost people. And lastly, lastly, have faith in God and begin to expect God to move through your prayers. Begin to believe that God is going to move through your prayers. Revival in this church is going to begin with us. Thank you for joining us at Sermons by Brad Tuttle. We pray this sermon blessed you, encouraged you, inspired you, and challenged you in your walk with Christ. Thank you for being with us. You can come back and visit us anytime. God bless you.